lot with a trailer. What do you mean? You can make things look even more crazier than what they actually appear to be in the final product just because the way that you present them in the trailer. Right. So you know how like in some trailers you can figure out the movie just by watching the trailer once? Yeah. Well, this one, you can see what's going to happen, but I don't think it ruined the movie in any way. Like I didn't spoil it or anything. I think it was, I think the trailer didn't distract from the movie. Like, yeah, it's an alien movie and you can tell by the box art, right? Wait, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're even referencing here, (laughs) Heidi. (laughs) Welcome back to the ice cream parlor. I am Heidi. And I'm Stefan. And we just watched No One Will Save You from 2023. 2023. Yep, absolutely. And it is a sci-fi horror movie, I guess. It's aliens yeah and i mean this is the first that i'm finding out now how much you have a fear of aliens i didn't know that until i saw this movie and it triggered the fuck out of me (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're talking about no one will save you no one will save you from uh, 2023 yeah um it was out on hulu Uh, it's still out on hulu and it's fucking awesome i love this movie Uh, it's written and directed by brian duffield and it stars Caitlin Dever, Elizabeth Calhoun. Doesn't Daddy. really matter. I don't know. Caitlin <laughs> Dever is um, the person we followed throughout this movie, and she, though having no lines, did great. Now you say having no lines, and funny enough, here we go, a second week in a row, we're watching a movie where there's no dialogue coming from the main actor or actress, right? Um, and Before. <laughs> but but the, technically there were a few lines right but i think those lines were more of um reactions as opposed to scripted lines maybe scripted po- dialogue. possibly possibly yeah i so this is this movie brings up a question that i've always wondered and i think that there's just two different types of people mm-hmm. there's somebody who will talk to themselves when nobody's around and think out loud as to what's going on. And then there's other people that are just so in their head that they just don't ever talk. And I think I've been a little bit of both in my lifetime. Um, But you know what I mean? Like, I guess so. I am not one to talk to myself, though. Like when I'm like working like on something and I'm like, oh, motherfucker, right? I'll, I'll do one of those things. Like even at the office, I'm like, fucking shit. And then everybody around me just laughs because it was quiet until then, right? Aside from that, it's if I'm home by myself or um, I'm just like working on something here at home by myself, I don't say anything. Like I could go a whole day without saying anything. Yeah, I, I've, that's what I mean. I've been a little bit of both because there's been times in my life when I've been very hermited where I hermit hermited, I guess. Um, I was acting like a hermit. And I didn't speak to anyone for quite some time. And I was even like, whoa, I think my vocal cords are starting to get sore from not using them. But they're just to just to go on the other side of it though, and I'm not we don't have to go into details. We watched another movie yesterday. Um that it was all dialogue. It was all dialogue, <laughs> but in the scenes where the lead actor had, was just by himself in the cave or wherever he was talking to himself a lot as things were happening you know ma- not just mm-hmm. making grunting noises but like fuck this that whatever you know and that's what i'm saying there have been times too where i'm like that as well where i'm thinking out my process of what's going to happen what do i need to do 
you know, I'll be like, all right, I got to get this going. I got to start this. Then we're going to move on to that. And then something breaks and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, man. God damn it. And you just say things instead of keeping it all in your head. So anyway, my, my point is there's, I think there's two different sides to the spectrum mm-hmm. and people will either be completely all in their head and keep all their feelings and just make grunty noises. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> other times people will talk out loud to themselves. Um, but anyway, yes, you're right. No dialogue in this movie pretty much, you know, kept it, you know, high paced all the way through. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, what I was talking about um, with the trailer, it, it didn't give away a lot. We know that it's an alien movie uh, just by the box art. I call it a box art. I'm not going to stop calling it a box art. But it's the box art is like a beam, like pulling someone up out of their house, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you know going into it that it's aliens. Yeah, obviously, yeah. And that's I guess all so. the trailer shows, mm-hmm. that there were aliens yeah. and that she was running away from them. So when I mentioned about you could do a lot with the trailer, I was also kind of referencing the fact that they – added more salt and pepper in certain scenes. I could tell like there was a little bit more added to certain scenes. I could give you an example. Um, when he can't comes off of the bed, um, when she's underneath the bed, they added the scream that he does when he's like on the roof at one point overlaid mm-hmm. over that because he didn't scream that loud when he was mm-hmm. jumping down off the bed. They were a quiet folk. But for a dramatic effect in the trailer, they layered a scream that came from another part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a few other instances of mm-hmm. something similar to that where they were really making the trailer parts look very... I mean, it's it didn't take away a lot, but I'm just saying that I can see where they added more frosting to make it sweeter for right. the trailer. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not one to watch a trailer prior to <laughs> watching a movie because I, I still would have... I probably would have been like, yeah, that's all I have to see about it. That's all I really need to know. It's a alien movie. The girl runs. Okay, cool. Well, um, especially with you because you know the end of almost every movie before it's over. <laughs> not true. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie is about this girl who is hermited, essentially. Uh, she lives in her late mother's home in the middle of nowhere in a small town, like in the outskirts of a small town. And as she lives in isolation, um, I guess in exile, she had there's a home invasion of the what is it encounters of a third kind third kind yeah. yeah home invasion of a third kind sure yeah and uh she has to outwit outrun and slaughter some aliens um and i think it was really good i i really loved this actress uh, her reactions to certain scenarios because they were very real mm-hmm. it's like what the fuck are you going to do I really do like the title. No one will save you because as it's a matter of fact. Yeah. No one will save you. I do wonder, you know, a couple things like a choice for her to not even have a cat or a dog or a pet. Like, I mean, that I think goes to the point where they were trying to make it like if they had a dog or, or cat, she would have had to talk to it at some point. So I think by by wanting to like really create this like lack of dialogue effect in the movie, I don't know if that was intentional or not. But I do feel like that that probably would have been a better choice to not have other things for her to really interact with in her day to day life. But it is well, kind of funny that she's laying staying in this big ass house in this, you know, mm-hmm. all by herself, mm-hmm. nobody around. She's mm-hmm. not really like Jamie Lee Curtis in the end of uh, Halloween Kills or Ends or whatever, who's ready for a war. She's this timid little stitcher, uh, well, seamstress. Seamstress. Yeah. So here's 
what we know about this character. So she has got to be what in her early twenties, right? Yeah. Maybe twenty. She has to be at least twenty-one because at some point she buys alcohol, and because nobody in the town likes her, they wouldn't just give her alcohol. She drinks a bottle right. of wine by herself at home, right? Yeah. So she's at least twenty-one. We know that two years prior, her mother died, leaving her big ass house, right? Yep. But later in the movie, we find out that 10 years prior to that, right. prior to 10 years ago, she, in a, at 12 years old, inadvertently killed her best friend mm-hmm. when they were having this girl fight, you know, just how girls do, push each other around. And uh, this girl, the main character, her name is Bryn, right? Yeah, Bryn. Bryn. Bryn, uh, she gets shoved down picks up a rock and smacks her friend. What's her friend's name? Um, Maud. Maud. Uh, yeah. Uh, she knocks Maud out. Like she kills her with this rock to the head, which she fucking swung that thing with some vengeance. Well, though. yeah, because when you're at that age, so you know how they say that when you're, <laughs> when you're at, uh, when you're like, uh, in your preteen years, those relationships that you make feel so real and are so strong and so in love and all this and that because at that moment it is your hormones are such that everything you feel is so intense so yeah you're never going to find love like that you're never going to find hate like that yeah so um it's 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 all hormonal so everything that you do is exponentially as uh, as like um uh what is it um it, it it's just amplified right so that's why they, they were so passionate. So we find out that that is why she is shunned. Mm-hmm. She's shunned by the town. And Bamas Chingar, Maud, the girl she killed, is the sheriff's daughter. I know, right? So nah. she can't get help from the police, even if she wanted yeah. to. Um, and we know that people still hold on to all of these feelings because... As she's spending time with herself, cooking her her own dinner, practicing dancing, whatever, she gets a phone call, immediately picks up the receiver and puts it right down, and all you hear is somebody cursing her out. So people are still holding on to it. So I took it as this. Uh-huh. I took it is as, yes, she killed her friend. She went to some kind of, you like, YA or something, kid jail, right? And must have recently been released. These people are now, this wound is opened back up that they're, their their calling right? right if she had been there for 10 years it would have subsided by now yeah but if she had been recently released like oh your mom's now dead now here's his house right um and then released then it makes sense for people to still 10 years later be calling her so emotional like at one point it um reaches uh she tries to go to the police and the the sheriff and his wife are there and the wife spits on her because she's still that Right. Angry. Now, a lot of this, so a couple of things I want to say real quick. The way Maud must have, that wasn't the first time. The way she swung that rock and hit her, I think Maud has been taking advantage of her or just being the bully and winning out. Again, she's got a, uh, the deputy uh, you know, father mm-hmm. and this and that. But So I feel like their friendship, even though they were close and they were friends and all that and that age you're talking about, but like she, that wasn't the first time she pushed her down and then she just got up and decided to hit her like that. That was, to me, like the 10th time this happened and she was like, I can't take this anymore, number one. Number two, the strategy they've used to keep this movie going with no dialogue. I mean, I, I, I'm saying it in a way where I, I feel like, oh, I'm seeing all the signs, but I do admire the f- 
fact that they pulled it off because the difference between this one and the last movie we watched, Willy's Wonderland, is that all the supporting actors have dialogue. Yeah. This one, nobody. Like you said, the spit scene, that was in that moment, there was going to be a conversation. And that was how do we how do we stop it? Spit in the face and just give them a dirty look and leave. Boom. And now we're back to no dialogue again. Um, and then the other part, too, where she hung up the phone, it's in the middle of this dance sequence. The dance sequence strategically happens also right at the time where you're like, okay, I need some words. But then the words of the song sort of take over. And since mm-hmm. she's dancing and kind of singing along to it or whatever, it um, they did a, a pretty good job on trying to weave it together with no dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I think this. I think it was done well. Um, so in the movie, we follow one day in the life of Bryn, and I think you have a point because she also is, as far as we know, she's the daughter of a single mom in a small town. Her mom has this vintage aesthetic, and it's the it, it's it's present date. It's not like. It's the 40s, but right. her mom's house is in the 40s. Like they have a rotary phone. Yeah, rotary phone. She looks like she dresses like in, in she's a handmade dress. Dresses. Yeah, but they know? look mo- not modern. They look like older. Right. Style I mean, sure, they drive a Subaru, but <laughs> but that's it. Like uh, so, it, it is very much plausible mm-hmm. that she was bullied in some way. And sure, Mon may have been her best friend, but she also could have been her only friend, which mm-hmm. sometimes is, is a manipulative friend. Yeah. So well, we don't know that, but you, she was only 12. Yeah, you just brought up something that I didn't think about until you just mentioned it now. The fact that she did probably go to some sort of juvie or jail or, or, or you know, kids jail or something she for that. To. She had to, I know. But like up until the end or near the end when they explain that she killed Maud, we don't know why Maud's not there or what happened to Maud, right? So that's no, not exactly true. So I kind of picked up on that immediately because okay, okay, yeah. she in in the movie, so in the day of the life of Bryn before the aliens invade, right? She's writing a letter to Maud, and then we get flashbacks mm-hmm. throughout the movie of her with this redhead girl. Right. Right. And that's Maud. Um and so in the letter, she says, I ran into your parents today. Yeah, she ran into your parents in the cemetery. Yeah, correct. Now, I get what you're saying because I understood that there was some death and it was probably caused by her. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking maybe along the lines of an accident, like, uh, I don't know, not yeah, something that I you thought- would go to jail for. In other words, up until the, you brought it up now, you're absolutely right. She would have had to go to jail for that or pay some sort of consequence. Well, yeah, so um, a couple of things. Um, yes, she would have had to go to jail, especially having killed the sheriff's daughter. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's one thing. <laughs> but but also, when I first was watching it, and before they said, you know, they were 12 years old, and that's why I feel like she must have just gotten out of jail or something, because their feelings are so raw. It's like a reopened wound, because it was, initially, I was thinking, oh, everybody's so raw, because... It must have been a drunk driving accident or right. something, and 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 was Bryn was the one driving, and Maude got killed because it, it's such a fresh wound. But it's ten years old, and I'm not saying that in ten years you're not going to stop grieving over your dead child. Correct. But in ten years, the collective of the entire town is still right, and that's it's what still you're... fresh wound, and that's what I picked up on. Like she something's mu- up. Right. Like, she must have just got released have, or something. Yeah, she yeah. must have just killed her or. Uh, or, yeah, or she must have just gotten released recently or something like that. And we know her mom died two years prior. So maybe that coincided. Maybe right. she missed the death of her mom. Who knows? Right. But this girl is um, in self-isolation. And she wouldn't get a dog or a cat. 
Uh, I'm glad she didn't because then she'd have to also figure out how is she going to save her dog and cat during this whole fiasco of the Forever. alien invasion. <laughs> but when you don't love yourself, you don't think that you deserve anybody else's love. And how would she expect a pet to love her back if she doesn't deserve love? Right. So, and especially having stunted emotional growth. Yeah. Sorry if I'm talking too fast. I'm super caffeinated. Oh no, you're <laughs> you're fine. You're this this pace is is perfectly fine. I'm just again like the thinking about the like something I didn't think about while watching the movie because again we look at her as being the victim mm -hmm. and she is in so many ways, but she's also the one who caused the problems and you're right like she probably did just get out fairly recently which is why the wound seems to be still open and people haven't got over it and all that and if she was writing because later on we found out during the aliens invasion one of the aliens go into her bedroom which is not the bedroom she sleeps in she sleeps in her mom's room the the room that has Bryn's name on it and it's covered with letters to Maud and pictures to Maud but not 10 years worth of letters and pictures. Mm -hmm. That's not 10 years worth that she has hanging on the wall. That's sure if she's writing a letter every day, a couple of months worth of them, but maybe that's since her release. Maybe sure. that's it. Maybe, yeah. You know, um, and then considering that it is present time, she doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't have Wi-Fi. She doesn't have a computer. She's a dressmaker, but how does she get the dress orders? We right. don't know. Yeah, there is the one scene where I feel like, again, we would have got some dialogue is when she had to go buy the bus ticket, but they just quickly mm -hmm. did a nice cut there so we didn't have to see her talk or they didn't have to ruin that, that surprise. Yeah. So the the, the, <laughs> the movie, so the day in the life of her, you know, we've, we've, we feel the tragedy. Something happened, but then the aliens had made. And we get a glimpse of this in the beginning of the morning of the life of Bryn, right? There is... From the movie Signs, a crop circle in her grass. Yeah. In her lawn, a yeah. very small one. And comically, she tries to just water, water it. Water it, yeah. Like, um, that's really going to help. But there's just one. Everybody else's lawn has multiples later on in the movie when mm -hmm. we see them, but hers just had the one. Yeah. Right? And it's my estimate, it's my guesstimate that the aliens already had done their research. So those holes are, those crop circles are made from. The first the visit beam that comes in mm -hmm. uh, and and either put somebody on the ground or take somebody up into the ship. Right. Mm -hmm. So if her house only had one because it had one inhabitant in it, doesn't that mean that the aliens already researched each person's home That's from afar? It's a good point. Right. Um, because when when the aliens do invade, they do so subtly. And then not so subtly, right? Right. We just know that there's somebody in the house. But before they got in the house, all of the electronics went on. Yeah. And that could have been, I mean, we don't know how they control the power that they have. Whatever well, they're stuff, telekinetic but... in some way. And these aliens are super cool. They're very much like Roswell, New Mexico, big old eyeballs, skinny little reptile looking bodies, yeah. like... Big old bulbous heads. I think they're the very traditional alien mm -hmm. look, you know, the gray man kind of thing. Yeah. Um, although when we see his feet, I, I told you this when we watched the movie, when we see his feet in the bedroom scene, I just felt men in black vibes. Like <laughs> it really, at that moment. The tentacle toes. Yeah, the tentacle toes. <laughs> and he was like tiptoeing like yeah. on him. Now I have to say, I also for a moment, because I don't remember the box art. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and 
we press play and I get it. I do remember it now and I see her being beamed up. But in my head, I totally forgot aliens. So when shit was happening, I started to think, okay, ghost story. Strangers. Strangers or paranormal ghosts, mm-hmm. something like that. And to be, to be honest with you, I, you know how I'm not afraid of ghosts or whatever. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of ghosts. I ain't afraid I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I would have been probably a little bit more frightened if it were ghosts and not, or demons as opposed to an alien. When it when the alien came around and like again, you're like, you don't really see it, so you see its feet, you see its fingers, and then finally you get to see its face, like um, you know, it wasn't like a big reveal all at once. But it really didn't seem like like I don't know. <laughs> it just Aliens and sci-fi take me away from the horror element, although there are very big alien movies, such mm-hmm. as Alien, that are classified as horror or sci-fi horror or whatever. Uh-huh. But I just, like, I started laughing, and I started, it took me out of it for a minute because he's just running around like this little kind of making all these noises and shit. And it wasn't like the Predator or something that's, like, so menacing and you're, like, scared for your life. It, I guess... I don't know who who knows what I would do if that actually happened to me, <laughs> but I was right. just a little like laugh taking you know whatever I was laughing at it. You remember in the movie Independence Day, which is an alien movie, but not a horror movie, but Correct. a great movie. Correct. Yeah. So but, yes, you remember the movie. Mm-hmm. You remember when Will Smith opens up the mm-hmm. the spacecraft from the the one that he like took out with his mm-hmm. parachute. Yep. And he punches him in the yep. head and says, "Welcome to Earth." Yep. That is, um, the inner is the kind of alien that this one is. It's a very, like, gentle, well, gentle. It's a very delicate creature. And in the movie, the doctor from Area 51 in Independence Day, he says, they're just as delicate as we are. These two died in the crash. This one, not too many, not not too long later. And it's definitely a similarity between us humans them aliens is that we are very delicate creatures mm-hmm. we don't have an outer shell right and it's as it's as if the aliens um they have evolved faster than we have as people because they're very similar but their bodies are different because they have to acclimate to different climates and such but also they're telekinetic and they can i feel like this whole thing like they could have probably read her mind the entire time and this whole thing was just them exploring her because so many things like if aliens came down to earth and they should ha- they would have already surveilled it because there's one of those rings for every person on the property right mm-hmm. yeah then they know who a human is uh i guess biologically but maybe this is a behavioral study. And yes, I've been watching Criminal Minds, but it's a behavioral analysis, if yeah. you will, because they they would have accounted for some casualties in an invasion, right? There's not going to be flawless, no casualties in an invasion. Correct. But the fact that this child, because she's still very much childlike, even as an adult, because she hasn't had a chance to experience adolescence, right? This person confused them because on paper she should have been easy she should have been able to easily be taken without a problem like everybody else was right but she wasn't because she's a hardened fucking criminal (laughs) (laughs) right she went to ya and or juvie or whatever you call it and and she she came out a better criminal like you know what she she came out tougher 
And that's why she was able to survive them because they're like, oh shit, why is she fighting back? This is not, the data does not, the math doesn't math. Yeah, yeah. You know, she doesn't see, she seems docile and she seems like, oh my gosh, fear. But she's not. She's well, learned to take care of herself. Maybe. She's learned to defend herself. I think she got really lucky with the first one because the whole killing the first alien, which I, I again, I'm also now piecing together like what you're saying about how since they're, uh, what's the word? They go into their body. They're yeah. So this is how they them, possess but, them. Okay, possess. Is, is is they they have like this little this little creature that looks like a hairball, and they put them in your throat, and that controls mm -hmm. you. Or controls whatever. whoever. Yeah. yeah. So, but what what you were saying is how there's one for they account for every person there, mm -hmm. which is why there was only one for her because they only knew that she was there alone or whatever. So they must have surveyed there's only one creature. Yeah. There's only one creature, yeah. Anyway, I was saying that she got lucky with killing it because of the whole, like, her getting whipped around and then stabbing mm -hmm. him in the head. That really was a fluke. So was killing her friend in that exact same fashion. No, no, no. She went for it with it. She grabbed the rock. There was intention behind that. This wasn't intentional. She had the thing, but she didn't know what she was going to do. He whipped her around, and her arm flailed, and it stuck. I don't think she even tried to kill it. Right. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't think she tried to kill it. I don't think she knew that it could be killed. But he's so fucking squishy. Like, it took more strength to kill any of the animatronics in Willy's Wonderland than it did any of these aliens in this movie. Yeah, I mean... And that's fair, because if you're in, if you're an evolved species, right, that doesn't even do war, why do you need armor? Why do you need all these... Things to protect you, you don't. So you're right. Yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions in this movie overall like because well, like, we don't even know why the aliens are there or if they're even real. I, I was gonna bring this up later on, but the whole the DMT people say that DMT trips are like like going to see the aliens and being abducted and then figuring shit out and then whatever. I don't know. I, I um. I, I at the end of the movie when she goes up into the beam and they start doing the, whatever they do on her with the anal probe and all that. They don't anally <laughs> probe her. They mind probe her. They put their ET finger on her third eye, not her buttonhole <laughs> eye and her butt in, in her third eye right here on her forehead. And that's how, so when okay, she fights off a bunch of fucking aliens <laughs> one at a time, she out strategizes them and she uses brute force which is more primitive than their methods, right? Because they're like, oh, we're going to invade you. Here's a hairball. We now invaded you. Done. We're like, oh, war, boom. And then she kills three of them. One of them she sets on fire. And her Subaru is a Nobaru right now because she just let the guy explode. But these aliens deserved it because they're fucking creepy as shit. They're so scary <sighs> Yeah, looking. tell me why you're so scared of the aliens. I don't know. What was it? I don't know. I was so scared of the aliens. Uh, so, so they're all similar, but they all have like different. They're traits. similar, but like people, some are tall, some are short, some have long arms, some have short arms. They're all they're all cousins. <laughs> <laughs> they're all cousins. But um, I don't know. There was a one alien that freaked me the fuck out the most. Was in the scene where she goes down into the cellar to try to escape from the aliens who are investigating where the dead alien is, mm -hmm. right? That she killed initially. They go into the cellar and she's like strategically trying to get away from him without him looking at her. 
and she's sitting under a table and she's sitting under a table hiding mm-hmm. and she has a uh you know she she he's like the alien he or she the alien is walking around and at what point this like mannequin falls to the ground on one side of the table and she freaks out and then she looks back to the other side of the table and the alien is just sitting there crisscross applesauce mm-hmm. just watching her yeah <laughs> and that freaked that was the little the short fuck one. out that was a short one then um that one you know chases through the house gets whatever right and it gets killed the fuck up because she stabs him and impales him and sticks him to a door and then she slams his head with the other door oh yeah that slam of the head in the uh, was was pretty good that was for sure that was the same kind of energy she hit maude with <laughs> <laughs> she's like bitch yeah yeah do you think she was fighting with maude about that boy that she has a crush on in the movie Who's the boy she has a crush on in the, the movie? Guy her that brother. She waves to. It's not her brother. <laughs> Don't you think if it was her brother, they would have said, "This is her brother." Yeah, right. But I just didn't know. She drove by his place like she's known him before, and he blew her off like "fuck you." But now that brings up a question: Do you think he blew her off that day because of the whole mod thing, or was he already possessed? No, I think he was possessed later, later in the movie. That whole mod thing, that's everybody still hating her because she is out on parole. Correct. (laughs) But people were already being possessed by this point in the in this point in the movie. So were they No, they weren't, because even the mailman was still being a dick and throwing her packages instead of He wasn't. But he did get possessed. But how do we know that some of the other people she was interacting with weren't? I think it was here's the word of the day. It was a strategic strike. So they started because with that her? night. No, that night they went into the homes. Okay. And I think this was all behavior analysis because they didn't go in and just kill the girl. They explored her home, mm-hmm. right? They explored all the facets of it. And even when she was getting chased through the house by another alien, when they went into the room with all the pictures of Maud and all the letters to Maud, the alien took time to look through everything. And even when, when Bryn went to attack the alien and it just... Like psychically karate chopped her away and out of the room through the wall through a wall yeah he just sat there still still looking at all of the pictures and all of the letters and stuff and then finally came around to try to kill yeah. her the fuck up again so those uh, that point and the other part where she got slammed in the head by the door were the two times where i felt like she was th- done that was it i don't know how she got up from a tough that cookie but she was she should have been over by that point anyway but um I guess I'm glad it didn't happen because the movie carried on. Now, this is this part of the movie. So first of all, no dialogue, highly dependent on the score, which was which good. Is good. It was really good. But, but also very action packed, chase sequences, fight sequences, um, startles, jump scares, yada yes, yada. Yes, yes. But the ending, or we're not, we're not even the end. The three last three quarters of the movie. <laughs> With the whole beaming her up to the alien ship, and which is the part where I end up saying, I feel like this is a, 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 a what's it? Not synonym. A, 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 what's what are the word? What's the word I'm looking for? It it basically is cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls for a DMT trip. <laughs> That's what I feel like. It it was like somebody must have tried DMT. They saw the aliens, and then they they wrote this movie. And uh, this latter part part of the movie was their you know recollection of this DMT trip. Huh. Because a lot I haven't done it yet, but 
a lot of people say that that you do go see the aliens or they take you to a, like the other side or you you know you're beamed up into their ship and you understand some other higher you know life lesson huh. <laughs> through the anal probing <laughs> <laughs> it is butt stuff wednesday <laughs> <laughs> no but i know that you're not big into the hallucinogenics um in that sense but i'm i know a lot of people have um attributed the DMT trip and alien uh, encounters mm-hmm. in, in in a lot of their experiences. Right. Maybe not everybody, but I know a lot of the times that kind of correlates. So I'm just saying, again, maybe it was like an analogy for it or whatever. I still can't really think of the Cinnamon right roll. word. Cinnamon roll, yeah. Okay, well, fair. But what happens and what's the explanation? What's what does the it movie? all mean? Yeah, okay. I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know. This this movie has a lot. Well, uh, no, no. Before I get into that, because okay. that's going to take a while. I have a question to you about this. Oh, great. The alien in the tree. <laughs> the alien in the tree was very similar to what I thought I saw when I explained to that. Um, I don't know which episode it was. Um, so what's your question? What about it? What about it? What about it? Are you okay? Did it trigger you? It didn't trigger me, but when I try to tell people what I feel like I saw, saw it's hard to describe it because I say like something similar to like a monkey or something like that, mm-hmm. um, but then larger. Mm-hmm. And so the way that thing was crawling through the tree, moving around in the darkness, it reminded me a lot of what I think I saw in a tree many, many moons ago when I used to be scared of the demons and the devils and the ogres and the orcs and all that <laughs> but now that i'm <laughs> now that i'm one with them <laughs> they don't bother me anymore and i'm all cool um, but that was something that it did remind me of that in that moment yeah but that was also a really scary alien because you think oh there's an alien on top of the house mm-hmm. next to the tree yeah but no it's behind it and standing up because it's a tall ass fucking right alien. was that also the one with the crazy long legs yes. and all that yeah yes. yeah and um I, th- I definitely think that this movie had a lot of cool parts, but it there was some, I can't explain to you what it was, but something just kind of let, it, I like wasn't able to go over into completely enjoying it mm. and buying into it all, um, which is why I'm thinking again, like maybe there's something that she's hallucinating or it's all in her head um, with this whole alien experience and the DMT trip and all that and what's going on. Was it even real? Was any of this at all even a day in the life of her or was this just a like i said a bad trip or a bad dream or a bad experience and uh she you know well there's a lot i mean this movie ultimately is about trauma grief and pain Mm -hmm. right okay and ultimately the it's coming to terms with who you are and what you've done right and trying to make a life for yourself past that because you're truly remorseful, right? And so you really want to try to get, uh, have a better happy ending after all, right? The, that's, the, that's what, what she's it. become, meaning the psycho killer, Norman Bates, that she is now? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> she's an alien killer. <laughs> she is the predator. Here's the thing. The movie did have a few false endings, right? So the first one is when she goes up and she gets captured and beamed up to the spacecraft. And that's when they, quote, probe her, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But what that was is going into her memory, into her mind, into her, her subconscious, right? 
and that was this the, that group of the aliens that were on that ship they were communicating not just amongst themselves but also up to i guess the mothership who was communicating all of this all of their findings to one another right mm-hmm. and they feel like they studied her and saw not just the uniqueness of her situation but also the resiliency that's there because uh, as i said on paper she's not supposed to be a killer on paper she's supposed to fold she's supposed to say okay i'm in right but they 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 see the tragedy that's that her life has been and all the things that she's had to go through from all her memories and they try to um they 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 try to say okay well let's give you this altered mind reality let's plug you into the matrix so you're living this other life and they send her back in her mind to when maude is alive and her mom is alive and everybody is fine and happy right but when she sees maude in her matrix trip right when she's plugged in she apologizes to maude but she's apologizing to herself because she knows that this isn't a true reality and she takes that ball out of her mouth and she finds herself back on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think all of that was them saying, okay, this will be interesting. We're going to still inhabit the people, but not everybody because we still want to observe you, right? It's like finding a new species and saying, okay, these will be my control and these will be the ones that just do what the fuck, right? And I think that's what they did with her. They... They're kind of observing her in a controlled environment mm-hmm. okay. because because they could have just kept her, but they didn't. They allowed her to remove the control piece of it. They allowed her to see Maude and then pull away from that reality that she knew wasn't real. She didn't, she didn't just say, oh, yes, I'm going to live here. She's fighting still. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not that's not what I'm about. I know I fucked up and I did this and I own up to my mistake. Yeah. That's the one thing. Yeah. The other thing, there was another one where she comes across, she comes across um, herself and her own altered self, like the body dupe that they were going to give for her, stabs her and then they stab each other, right? And she survives and then the other thing dies, right? This was all while, while she was in the spaceship. No, these so. were all after they've put her back. After they put yeah. her back. So they, they Wait, are, I don't remember that part now. Wait. Because she wakes up on Earth. You're you remember saying, she's grimy and dirty and uh-huh. everything? Yeah. She winds up back on Earth. So she... Um, right, but with the stabbing of her alternate self, when was that? When they come back down. So when she's back on Earth uh-huh. and she's dirty and grimy yeah. and she's walking through the forest by herself. Right. And then she finds comes across herself. Like she, she comes across like an alien version of herself. Okay. And it's still her. It's like a mirror image of herself, but clean. Uh-huh. Okay. Maybe you should watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she kills herself, which is essentially letting go and shedding that that uh, version of herself. The clean and perfect. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm not clean. I've done shit. Get away from me. I'm living in my rawness right now. I'm living in my grit and my true reality, right? But then at the very, very end, mm-hmm. it turns out she's in this happy life where the sheriff doesn't exist. The, you know, like the people that were rude to her don't exist, but the guy does exist and they're dancing. And it seems her like bo- her uh, boyfriend. 
Yeah, her boyfriend brother. Uh, (laughs) And then they're existing in this utopian society. They're having a dance and it feels very much like an institution. Like she's like in a mental asylum, but they pan out and it's all aliens. Yeah. So my thoughts are aliens have taken everything over, but they're not destroying people. They're observing people. They're studying people. Mm -hmm. So they're... They're letting certain people, probably there's other Brins elsewhere, and they're observing people, and they're letting them be the wild component or the the variant, if you will, in this controlled study. What is she going to do? If everything... She went through all this trauma. Yes, she did. But if everything was just perfect, and she was allowed to flourish, would she? That would be an interesting experiment. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. What were your thoughts on the spaceships themselves? Because with everything that was going on with the action packedness and the aliens and all that, I thought that they were a little lackluster. What did you think about the spaceships? I think the spaceships were not the focus, so they didn't need <laughs> to make them extravagant. They were what they were. They were a means for transportation. Yeah. I just thought that they really kind of cut corners with this black sphere, not, not, no real details, just kind of whenever they... So here's... Oh, how do I explain it? I feel like that we were in a very cinematic movie, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden when the spaceships came around, I felt like it was like a episode of like Xena or Hercules or something, you know? Not that those were bad, but like the CG back then, mm-hmm. that 2000s style kind of like, you can tell it's not really real. That's what... Again, those little things that, that kind of like were... I saw the spaceships. I just was like, mm-hmm. maybe that's me getting caught up on the wrong details. But mm-hmm. I just um, thought that they should put a little bit more detail in it rather than this black uh, circle or whatever. <laughs> well, the um, I don't have thoughts on that. It's okay. I, just, I was just wondering because to me, that's one of the things. Like I, I was like, oh shit! Like they did so much, so well with so many other parts. All the electronics going crazy, the b- busting over of the doors and the powers and the lights and. Mm-hmm. Even the alien themselves, they were very generic in that sense of like the gray men kind of big head, slender body kind of thing. But, you know, there was the CGI on it wasn't that bad. It's like they spent a little bit of good money on on the effects for like the full in your face up close part of it. Mm-hmm. And then on the outside, it was like, I don't know, I could give you another example like uh, Spartacus, this show that I've mm-hmm. watched a lot of. I've never seen it. All right. Well, it's a gladiator thing in the, in Rome at the time. And whenever they zoom out and show like the city and the Colosseum, it looks very like, like I said, kind of like a Xena or Hercules or something kind of low, not low budget, but like TV more than movie. Right. Okay. Okay. Anyway. I, I did enjoy this movie a lot. I did too. I did. I, did. I thought thing, it was good. One thing I did really like was this. I don't know if it was intentional, but. When she gets on the bus to try to get out of town because the police won't help her because they'll spit in her face, right? <laughs> <laughs> when she tries to take the bus. In her disguise? Just the hat and sunglasses? Yeah, but when she tries to take the bus, yep, she's escaping. And she tries to leave town, but the bus goes through her neighborhood and it pans out and it's you see all the little circles, the crop circles and everything. But she goes through and she cannot outrun anything because she needs to focus uh, she needs to face her past first so yeah while she's been able to say yes i did this she really 
owned up to her own accountability and and faced her past how how do i say this the bus was her way out of town but it went through her entire history it took her right back home okay it took her right back home and the people who didn't like her the most were surrounding that like the mailman who threw her packages all over the place instead of putting them down for her um, oh, is that why he did that? You think because they don't like her because she killed somebody, a member of their community. Yeah. yeah. So did you get? That's what you got right off the bat that's when you watched. That's how it. I understood it. Yeah. Oh. That's why she was. She shook it to see if anything was broken. Uh, okay. I took it again. I'm stupid and I don't really pick up on the signals right away. I took it as he's just the goofy dude who's throwing packages because he just doesn't give a shit. Like you know. That's my job. I got to do. He's a grown man. I know, but I just figured I I get that. That's what I'm saying. When you say it, it makes total sense. They don't like her. She has a darkened, tarnished past. And like, fuck this bitch. I'm going to throw her package. I get that. Mm -hmm. That could have been somebody that was a friend of the family or whatever. Who knows? But I just saw it as like, oh, he's the goofball stoner. I don't even know if he's a stoner. He's just like Mm -hmm. irresponsible. I'm going to throw packages delivery man. Well, at the end of the movie, when she's in her utopia, the parent, Maude's parents aren't there. Mm-hmm. Neither is the mailman. Right. So I just took that as confirmation. Yeah. Um, also, when you, I wrote down, when you have no one, how hard do you fight for yourself? When you have no one, how hard do you fight for yourself? Yeah. That depends on a lot of things. You may give up on any kind of hope and not put up a good fight because you just start to the point where you just don't care anymore. Yeah. But there's also a possibility that you know it's you against the world and, you know, you end up doing some shit like fucking uh, I Am Legend or whatever where it's like you against everybody and you don't give a fuck. I'm going to survive. Kevin Costner in Waterworld. I don't know. Something like that, you Mm know? Um, So, but if you're depressed... Yeah. You may just give up and say, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, so I, I just, she fought so hard. And it's admirable because she didn't have anything to live for, essentially. A miserable life of exile where everybody was mean to her, but she still fought so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Why not t- leave town? Why she stay tried. in the house? No, but she tried when the aliens came, but before mm-hmm. all that. Okay, I killed my best friend. I come in the small town. My mom's dead. Yeah, she left me the house. But get the fuck up and go. Start and make a new life in but anywhere. How? how? With a record. If she is on parole, she has to stay there. Right? I guess so. If she's on but- probation, there's a little bit more leniency, I think. But that takes money. She has none. She's a dressmaker who advertises like on Etsy or something. Uh, like I- You have to have money. And she can't sell her house first. I don't know. She could have gone and become a stripper or a prostitute or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Left town, porn star, I don't know, something. Like, there's there's avenues. Not saying that they're all the best avenues, but people in life take those choices, uh, chances, and make choices. There's nothing wrong with sex work. I didn't say there was. But I will say this. It's very hard to move forward when you haven't had time to process your trauma. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that I disagree with that. And even though she's that, the that's... one who killed somebody and traumatized an entire community, she still herself had trauma. She had to have had trauma. Not to forget about 
when she was in jail, there's trauma that's associated with that. Female uh, detainees or whatever, female prisoners, there's a lot that they're exposed to, a lot of trauma, a lot of violence. All right, let's let's do, let's hypothetically speaking, we might need Google to help us out, but let's say if you killed somebody intentionally murdered a friend of yours at the age of 12, what's the, what are the, like, what would you have, you know, you're going to be probably tried as an adult, whatever, right? You're going to have to do time. I don't know. Like, I wonder how much of this, like, because it doesn't stress the point that she went to jail. We don't see that. That just, I get what you're saying. That's obvious, but... A minor over the age of 14 may be tried as an adult when they are accused of causing the death of another person, depending on the severity of the offense. This may subject the, de the defendant to murder or manslaughter charges. A murder conviction may result in 30 years to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. So maybe she got let off easy because not only did she kill somebody, but it was the chief's daughter or whatever he is. Mm -hmm. And to do, only 10 years passed by? But... If a kid is charged with a felony, the youth could face time as a juvenile facility of not more than five years. Minimum age. I mean, of course, there's a lot of caveats. Um, but yeah, I mean, they wouldn't be there for decades. Ten years sounds right. Ten years, you think? Yeah. Or. How long was this, uh, this girl in for who just got let out? Gypsy? Yeah. <laughs> she got... 10 years. Okay. And got out in eight. Okay. Okay. And she, but she also wasn't, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a, she wasn't the one who actually murdered and it wasn't a relative of the police so officer. Different. The, yeah, it was but it was, chief. but it was very, it was very, um, public, right? It was public and she wasn't the one who actually did the killing. However, it was premeditated. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, and and so <laughs> this may not have been premeditated, like accidentally. No, it wasn't premeditated. Because she grabbed, it was out of anger, but mm -hmm. not like thought out and planned. Correct, which is why I don't think she would have gotten 30 years. Oh, yeah. It's a lot to lot to think about. Lots of but, babies. Okay. And so no one will save you. Where's the title come from? Cause, reality. Cause, no one will save you. Even Even where we, in the reality we're existing in now, no one will save us. Well, we me, have to save ourselves. Right, but she's got no one because she's got no family, she's got no friends, no, no loved ones, no community, so no one's going to save no her. No one's going to save her. But that's just life. No one will save you. Mm -hmm. If you want to be saved, you help yourself. Yes. That's a lesson to everybody out there. Help Stop yourself. Stop your shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But um, ultimately, she found her... I wrote at the I wrote in my notes. It's about finding her society or community outside of humanity because they would not allow her to forgive herself. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I. It's I, a pretty deep movie. It is. It's it's or very traumatic. Film. It's, it's fil This film is full of trauma. <laughs> it's full of feelings. It's a. It's full of a lot of feelings. And it's a Hulu movie too, which goes to show you how again, like this change of like the idea of big movie studios versus like streaming or television services. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hulu has come through with some like pretty cool stuff recently. Well, the one thing Hulu does had needed a little bit of. Uh, work on with some of their platform issues because there's some bugs on some of the uh depending on where you're watching it tv or <laughs> on your ipad sure. or whatever there's sometimes some bugs and uh they don't like show you 
like what you recent like i think there's a continue watching but it doesn't show up right away you got to scroll down i don't know it's not as like streamlined as some of the competitors out there right but uh, to be fair netflix has a pretty decent platform but it's been doing it for a lot longer but they just yeah now they've just got too much bullshit i don't know i like the great british bake-off that's um it's you know there's always a diamond in the rough but <laughs> most recently a lot of stuff on netflix has kind of been trash but i don't know anyway the point of it is hulu instead of some big studio or whatever really had come up with this and they did a pretty good job like i said the score the action packness the just keeping it going keeping it moving um and the no dialogue thing that's a ballsy move you know to try mm-hmm. to pull that off and I, again i don't know if it was intentional or not is this uh is this girl who plays Bryn? is she in other movies is she a foreigner does she have an accent like i got so many questions <laughs> well let's see the girl who plays Bryn. they're like you you're, you're great you i like your face but um, your voice sucks. Her name is Caitlin Dever, <laughs> and she was also in, I don't know, TV. Good grief. Good grief, Charlie Brown. Mm. Anyway, it's just it's a very bold choice to do something with no well, dialogue. Like, that's I hard to do. I think it fits. It, Be- it, yeah, definitely. I, I think it fits because the tragedies from all of this is that a lot, of, a lot could have happened if people communicated better. Mm-hmm. Right? So... The girls communicated instead of fighting. She wouldn't have gotten her, her head rocked off. Rocked off. <laughs> That's a good one. If they would have communicated, right? If the police, if she would have been a little bit more present and, and communicative to the people in town or the town would have communicated with her, their qualms, they would have at least find, found a way to work things out and live without so much drama. And then she couldn't even warn anybody about the aliens because she, at the outskirts of town, would have been one of the first victims, right? Because as they move inwards to mm-hmm. the more populous, they could have figured out a lot with communication. But nobody communicated at all. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. Even when they were still functioning societies. Because she, when she went to tell the police, people in town were still towning. The bus lines were still busing. Mm-hmm. You know, the only the people that had been affected were the ones... They were very obvious who those were. Yeah. So... Um, a lot could have been done with just some communication. Do you think the whole town was kind of like still back in the day? Like, you know, she had a rotary phone. Do you think that a lot of the rest of the town was still also functioning a few years behind everybody else? Kind I don't of think so. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I choose to believe they aren't. Well, in our real society, people aren't meaning if you do go off in the middle of like i don't know some small town somewhere in a non-city populated state you're still going to get wi-fi you're still going to have cell phones Mm -hmm. you're still going to get all this stuff whether you choose to have it or not you know like my my aunt lives in duxbury massachusetts and i mean she has a long ass driveway and lives way in the back of the woods but she still has every amenity amenity Yeah. yeah Do you know in Napoleon Dynamite, Uncle Rico, he's constantly reliving that one football game from 1985? Mm-hmm. That's her. That's Bryn in this movie. Because her mom already was retro mm-hmm. and still kept all of that aesthetic. And it led to a lot of her demise. <laughs> yeah. The one thing she did a lot in this movie was breathe shakily. <laughs> That's only because we had the <laughs> subtitle on. <laughs> uh breathe shakily we had subtitles on for a movie with no dialogue no dialogue i know (laughs) 
That's how we knew there was dialogue because she goes, come on. <laughs> now, I have to say this. As a lyricist and as a musician and songwriter, I'll tell you I have some. There is a, such a thing as a no lyric song, right? Either it could be a band that has a vocalist that just decides to do like an instrumental only track, or there's multiple bands that have no vocalists and they make music that still sounds like there's something happening there vocally, even though they're playing it with instruments, right? But a lyric is a lyric, right? Mm -hmm. So a song with no lyrics really has no lyrics. But as soon as you even have one lyric, it's not an instrumental anymore. Now, I have a, 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 friend's band, a friend of mine's band from back when I was playing in Orlando years ago. Um, they're called Traverser. They're um, still some, somewhat active, um, but I don't think they put out any new music for a while. Anyway, point is, before I left, they, one of their albums, they had an instrumental track called Architeuthis, and it was based on the idea of the giant squid. Now, the song itself uses the song, the soundscape and everything to create sections of the song that actually sound like squids and everything, right? But there's one line, and they used to call it, a, 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 or people, anybody who I introduced the band to or whatever, it was a very popular song, even though it was a, a, a instrumental, because they would play it live and people loved it. But everybody would say, oh, it's the instrumental song, da, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. But there was one part of the song where they would do a quick break and the lead singer would say, folks, if you're like me, you're an ancient deep sea animal. And then boom, it would go right into the back of the mm -hmm. instrumental of the song, right? I would argue that that made the song not an instrumental only song because there was one lyric. Even though it was one line, the one line makes it a lyric and therefore it's not an instrumental track. Was it before the, the music started? It's in the middle. The the song starts musically, mm -hmm. and then there's the, the quick break. So it's doing, 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 whatever, then pause. Folks, if you're like me, you're an ancient deep sea animal. And it just busts into it. Was it specific to the, this song, or was it like a sample from something else? Like, you know, like Rob Zombie will Correct. put snippets of Correct. his movies yes. or um, so uh, movies in it? It was recorded by the vocalist, singer, guitar player, and it's... If you're like me, you're an ancient deep sea animal, which is the Architeuthis. However, there's this very old uh, show that was like on public access TV or whatever with these sock puppets called like Fissel and Ollie. And oh, wait, Fistel? Fissel and Ollie, oh. I believe. Mm -hmm. And basically, the sock puppets said something. They didn't say ancient deep sea animal, but they said, folks, if you're like me, yada, yada, yada. So it was a very, um, what, what would you call it? It's a inside joke mm -hmm. for people who remembered. Like, you know, Ren and Stimpy, right? Ren and mm -hmm. Stimpy was fairly popular. So imagine something along like that. Like if people forgot Ren and Stimpy and all of a sudden you did that and you're like, you stupid idiot, right? Like all, only Ren and Stimpy fans would know that that's uh -huh. a Ren and Stimpy reference. But that's what I mean. It was an old thing that was a reference from our generation, probably a more New England thing or whatever. He, I knew about it. He knew about it. He put it in his song, but he changed it. But it's still a lyric. To me, I argue that it makes his song not an instrumental. Gotcha. So with that being said, tying it all together with this movie... I think that the fact that she had like three parts where she said, come on, or or something that was an actual word makes this 
a movie that's not exactly a movie without dialogue? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. It definitely pulls it off more than Willy's Wonderland, which had dialogue by all the supporting actors. So that I can totally agree that the supporting actors in that one helped the movie mo- move along story-wise where Nicolas Cage could just be the badass who didn't have any lines. Where right. in this one, it was like nobody had lines. <laughs> right, right. And yeah, it could have just also been that. Like those those things that she, say the, that she says, though, are not... They're not like... I don't think her script said, say, come on. I agree with I you. I think those are just like visceral reactions. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think so, too. Because... Most people in those types of situations can't just live in their head. Like, I know what you're saying about how, like, you don't talk for a while or you just don't say anything. But when you're in moments of... Yeah, I say, I'm, like, at work, and I'm, like, oh, you motherfucker. And I'll say that audibly. Yeah. And and it's definitely, like, I, yeah, it wouldn't be something that I could script and be, like, oh, yeah, and then you say, you motherfucker. It just comes out. It just comes out. And I think for sure that that kind of might have been part of it where the act, actor, is it right to say actor when it's yes. a girl now? Yeah. So she was just so in the moment that she was, she let it out and they She's had reacting. to, yeah, they just let it stay in there, I'm assuming, because it added to the feeling or whatever. Um, but anyway, a very bold choice to not have dialogue and just rely solely on all it, the other action. I think it helped. Yeah. Because even good. though this this movie would have probably been helped along, as in the situation, if you were in there, by communicating, the fact that you can't communicate with these aliens anyway. And that's another part of the dialogue, too. The aliens had tons of dialogue, but we have no idea what they're saying. To her, to each other. There's, you know, like there's no sub, it just says clicking and warring or weird words like that, which is cool. Um, but, but I don't speak in the alien. But yeah, and that's where it was like, there definitely was conversations going on. The aliens were talking amongst themselves, talking to her even, like she should understand what they're, she's, they're saying, you know? And uh, Speaking of trying to understand things that can't talk. We have three dogs in here right now. I think they want some attention now. We've been talking for too long. I think so, too. Um, that's that's the cue right there to wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up, buttercup. All right. Well, I mean, I, I do recommend this movie. Go watch it. Tell us what you think. Tell us, tell us what your thoughts are. Um, and am I just reaching on all these points that I've tried to make right now? No. um no no you're not reaching you're i love your theories and i think that you have a very valid point i come from the side of it where i feel like i'm a little bit yes i do think that there's some dmt or some hallucinogenic (laughs) experiences she did it in jail no she didn't someone dosed her well maybe she just wanted to try it because she doesn't know have any other answers and right now hallucinogenic and and uh trips uh are are like in you know everybody's doing ayahuasca and fucking dmt and i don't know what you're talking about and uh ibogaine or ibogaine or whatever it's called it's called and, boogers <laughs> <laughs> um you know mushrooms are a thing these days mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i don't mm. know i like them in my pasta <laughs> and all on right, my pizza <laughs> all right well um very very fun talking very to you movie. about this movie oh, yes 
Well, the movie was great too, but I enjoyed talking to you about it because I have to hold it all back when we're watching. Like, no, save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it was a, a, I thought I thought it was a good movie too. I, I liked it. Um, I liked it and was surprised by it. Again, you know, just we hadn't heard of it, didn't know anything. I love it when we, I love it when we find something like that where we don't have much backstory mm-hmm. and it just speaks to us yeah which is my way of f- picking movies anyway just what's next what's on <laughs> <laughs> well we did that last night and now yeah, that... <laughs> we'll talk about that one next time that was not the same as this one i'll tell that you was not holy this moly movie. holy moly all right well thanks for stopping by yes we love you guys thank you don't forget 1.65 million home invasions occur every year oh my god really well that's what the movie said Oh, is that what you were saying? In the, yeah. In the, in the, in the, oh, okay. I didn't. So that's what, see, even them, they're trying to set it up as a home invasion. You know, well, it is a home invasion of the third kind. <laughs> you know, when we went on our tour um, back in 2013, I, I had the suggestion of calling it the home invasion tour. And I made a poster that showed like a, a hand with a black glove breaking through a, a door, like opening somebody's. Mm. And the rest of the band outvoted me. Good. And w- it was still called the Home Invasion Tour, but the artwork that they liked, that um, I had done three different versions. The version that they picked was an alien invasion. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and that funny. was our tour called the Home Invasion Tour. I like that. Yeah. Oh, aliens are spooky. <laughs> <laughs> they were all like, dude, we're not going to our hometowns and you have like some hand breaking in people's houses. Like, we got to change that up. <laughs> I was like, what? Home Invasion, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a little darker. Yeah, yeah, they thought so too. And so I changed it to aliens and it worked out better. And that's what this movie's based on. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, Till next time. Okay, bye. To check out what we're doing, visit us at icecreampodcast.com or you can find us on social media at Ice Cream Parlor, the podcast.